Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, White Sox fans, <laughs> me and the cues. Uh, 149 it is, Sox Populi, Mothership Podcast, derived from the Latin. We call it Sox Pop sometimes, too. Call it whatever you want. We're happy you're listening. We're happy you're here. Two of the workhorses of Southside Sox and two of my very best friends in the entire, entire whole wide world, Melissa Sage Bolenbach, Crystal O'Keefe, joining me on this podcast. Boy, we're one short of 150. That's ludicrous. Why in the world do we do this many in a matter of just like a few years? That pace was ridiculous. And uh, sneak preview for the second half of this podcast. Even more podcasts come. We'll let you sit on that for a while. Uh, okay, well, before we get to talking White Sox, let's just go over some numbers. Uh, my favorite part of the program. Although the numbers are slowly sort of getting better, so this is weird. I'm not really sure what to do with this. 29 and 38, the perpetual about 10 games uh, worse than 500. It continues, although right now on the positive side. Again, last year's 500 is now this year's 10 games below 500. That's a 433 winning percentage. That's a real winning percentage. It's not a good one, but it is an actual real one. It's not a fake one like a couple weeks ago. That projects, believe it or not, to a 70 and 92 record. Yes, the White Sox are projected now to win to get to the 70 win mark. Aren't we proud? That's like, say, the 1978 White Sox and a lot of other horrible teams we don't never thought we'd have to think about again. That's 2023 right now. And it's going to be hard based on this month to actually improve on that. Although, hey, the month, well, we'll talk about it. Uh, run differential minus 52, still pretty lousy. That projects to a 68 win season. So that might be the, the real snapshot of this team. <laughs> but believe it or not, when we first started talking this way, again, just a couple weeks ago, there were just two teams in baseball worse than the White Sox. That would be the Royals and whatever we're calling the A's. There are seven teams in baseball now worse than the White Sox. I don't believe it. It doesn't seem true. But the standings say so. So at least in this moment, I think it's going to change. But in this moment, seven teams worse than the White Sox. Almost in the top two-thirds of baseball. Well, that doesn't count AAA teams. There are probably a couple AAA teams better than the White Sox. Durham Bulls, I'm guessing, would be beating the White Sox in series these days. All right, we got stuff to get to, including, I don't know, site news. Melissa's got stuff to talk about, I think. She's going to have to ruffle through her notes and say, wait, I do. Uh, Crystal, we'll, we'll check in with her and visiting dugout and whatever, and her perpetual guest host, uh, Tommy Barbie. Uh, and a whole other um, podcast that we may be getting started soon. I'll keep everyone in suspense there. Uh, hey, listen, if I didn't introduce myself, I'm Brett Ballantine. You know who I am. You don't really want to know who I am. So let's move on from that quickly. Uh, we're going to talk mainly about just a couple things, probably shorter podcasts this time around. So, you know, plan accordingly. Um, you don't have to drive around the block and continue to listen to us, you know, <laughs> as we <laughs> wax on and on and on for an hour. It's not going to be an hour this time. But uh, really, it's pretty easy. Two sides of uh, maybe the same coin in a season like 2023. And that is, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, um, uh, second half, we'll talk about, you know, sort of the bad stuff. But I, I want to know uh, from Crystal and Melissa, I'll throw in as well. Um, and, and Crystal all along has been shaking her head. So I don't know what this answer is going to be. But uh, the the biggest the biggest excitement at the moment, maybe what you're optimistic about with the White Sox, or maybe what you've been surprised in a positive way about the White Sox. There's not a lot, but is there anything, either one of you, that sort of stands out as, uh, okay, wait, this wasn't what I was expecting, or from the way the season began to now, 
okay, I'm, I'm optimistic about this aspect of the team. Um, I will say in the year 2023, right now, I am most excited and optimistic about Romy Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, he's at least hitting the ball. Um, that's more than I can say for over half the team right now. Yeah. I will admit, Crystal, I'll admit this now because he's doing good. I feel a little bit better admitting this now. A couple of years ago, based on the fact that he shot out of nowhere, I mean, this is a guy who started at double A, wasn't really a prospect per se. You know, he, he'd be Mendic category, I'd say, which is not a prospect. Yeah. Um, he had done so well actually getting a little cup of coffee with the White Sox and dominated 2020 season in Birmingham. I mean, the guy really seemed like it's like you can sort of throw anything at him, and he seems like he's going to thrive. He's a guy you don't want to count out. Uh, I, because I'm not bright, I shot him up to, he was still a prospect then. I shot him up to number one on my prospects list, which, you know, all of our people said, you're, you're stupid. Now, to be fair, the White Sox prospects list really aren't that good. It wasn't that crazy an outlier to jack him up uh, that high. But, uh, you know, then he sort of, he sort of failed. You know, he didn't really, he didn't really play off of that uh, 2021, I guess. Um, but it is nice to see a guy who, who again, a couple of years ago, we, we saw you could throw anything at him, position on the field. I mean, he, we talk about Andrew Vaughn failing in left field, having never, like, never played there since maybe, you know, whatever, Pony League ball. Roman Gonzalez had never played, I want to say he never played shortstop, like even in college. I mean, he, they threw a lot of stuff at him, and he pretty much just said, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and so, you know, sorry for that long-winded response to your, your 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 simple statement, but he's a guy who does seem like he's got some metal to him. And, you know, we'll see how it plays out. And he's getting opportunities on a team that probably he, sh- he shouldn't be or shouldn't have, but they're here. And it's nice to see one guy who's not fumbling them, you know. So uh, that's, a, that's a good answer. I know it's not easy to answer. That's a good answer. I often think to myself, wow, can he play first base? Can he play second base? What about right field? Mm-hmm. I just try to place him all around because mm-hmm. where I see failure, I'm like, mm, well, because, mm-hmm. you know, Andrew Vaughn has, has been abysmal. So, you know, yeah. just, let's put Romy somewhere else. Yeah. And let's face it. And, and legit with Leori gone, I mean, I think he actually is like the third. I think he is the emergency catcher. I mean, he's got to be. He's the only guy who they could possibly trust doing it and also say, well, if he get beat up, he'll either come back or, you know, whatever. No, no loss. Although that is a big loss because they're only paying him like 700 grand. <laughs> Knowing Jerry, that would be a big loss to lose a guy you're paying the minimum. Uh, sorry, Jerry, had to get the digging. I know we're only five minutes in, but there'll probably be more coming. Uh, Melissa, um, you, you, you can be, despite the glass, often very empty. Uh, you've thrown plenty of things out there that have been positive. So uh, is there something particularly now that's galvanizing you a bit? Yeah. So when I do my weekly summary too, I do try to like mostly focus on the positive. So it it definitely is a personal and professional challenge to do so. But, um, and so this week uh, really for me was how incredible the starting pitching has really turned around since the beginning of the season. Like they, I mean, got, went from one of the worst in the league. And then like this week over the six game stretch, they had like the fifth best ERA in all of baseball um, and they had the most innings pitched out of any starters for that six game stretch, which is crazy. Like our guys are actually going not, you know, they're, they're, they're pitching well and they're pitching six, seven innings. Mm-hmm. So if that is something that is sustainable and if we can get a, like a little bit better out of Lance Lynn, like he doesn't have to like have the Lance Lynn of the, you know, Cy Young you know, top Cy Young finishing years, but if he could get just a little bit better and add on to how they've been performing over the past couple of weeks, I mean, we know pitching and defense really is what wins ball games, And we know that defense is definitely a problem. Mm-hmm. So if we can at least get the pitching part down from a starting perspective, yeah. I think that is a really, I mean, a lot of the teams struggle with starting pitching. And so if we can get ours going, keep them healthy I think that could be really a really positive thing moving forward. And to be fair, credit due, I have dogged you know Han and the White Sox at least for a couple of years. We probably all have in, in this sense. 
of absolute lack of starting uh, depth. That goes for the those 4A guys that you pick up who were in the majors last year that you say, hey, you've got the opportunity to be the first guy called up this year. It's a great opportunity with a team that's in a contention window. So come on, sign up. It's sort of the Cueto situation, although I think Cueto, they, they went to him, you know, whatever, in February a year ago and said, uh, hey, you want to sign? He's like, no, here's my price. And Han said, forget it. And then once Lance Ling got hurt, he's like, uh, what was your price again? Come on, Johnny. Um, but as much as much as I um, criticize really what is a complete dereliction of duty to not have a sixth starter right now not be Sean Burke or Gary Garrett Davila or Chase Seleski, no offense to those guys because they shouldn't be the next man up. Um, the truth is that's just all just spitting in the wind if your guys don't get hurt, you know, if the rotation stays healthy, even the, the the one jag bag who we don't want in the rotation, if those guys are eating innings, well, then it does rent. I mean, of course, Han can't sit back and cackle about it because that never happens, right? You know, that's like 2005 White Sox stuff. Um, it doesn't happen that way. But if it does continue to play out where guys, where, where Kopech does manage to find resiliency to pitch like 180 innings, which none of us think is going to be able to happen, if it does, well, okay, then, you know, these criticisms about the the depth of the starting rotation and, and, and into um, Charlotte and Birmingham, well, okay, it's rendered a little bit more uh, moot. Um, something I'm excited about, uh, Crystal, is the kind of energy that Willow O'Keefe brings to each podcast and brings to the sport. If we could get a little bit more of that in the dugout, I think it would bode really well for the White Sox. Well, I mean, she's always here to bark. Um, yeah. She's right now just chewing, actually, my White Sox sweatshirt. So I think she's a little aggravated with the <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Absolutely good criticism. For, um, for a member of the podcast who can't quite um, speak the way the rest of us can, um, very apt criticism. Uh, well done, Willow. That's why we invite you on and, um, and, and put you and, and give you the proper, the proper pay grade. I'll say what's got me excited. Well, no, I'm not excited. But I'd say something that's positive is the fact that we're talking about a White Sox team, no matter how much we say they're horrible, because they are, they're not worthy of this position. They're not. They're a 29 and 38 team, and they're four and a half games out of first place. Now, does that make me excited that they're going to be an 1882 uh, team that goes to the playoffs or wins a division um, or even steals a victory against like the Yankees in the playoffs or something? Not really, but I mean, we do want to see the team in the playoffs. I don't really want to see this regime get rewarded. I, I would sort of like to see them fall on their faces based on the arrogance, if nothing else, and the um, ill preparation for this season and this contention window. Uh, but, hey, listen, you play to win a division. And the fact that the Sox have been abysmal, abysmal, and they are within five games or whatever, whatever it is after the end of uh, this podcast or heading into this West Coast or whatever, uh, is positive. I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily positive. I'm not jacked about it, but it's something you can point to. There's not a lot of stuff. There's not a lot, not a lot of line items on this team you can feel good about, especially with Liam Shelved, uh, you know, guys still in and out, guys still up and down. Nobody really can stay consistently hot. Crystal's got to be like, uh, Romy. And that's legit, totally legit answer. But it's like, okay, you almost might as well pick out a hat. Uh, you know, sad. I mean, writing the uh, Benintendi uh, uh, thing on behalf of, of Mitch this week for the, the player of the week, which was, you know, of course, horribly negative. You're supposed to be like, hey, Andrew had a great week. And of course, it was just about, you know, how in the world is this guy the highest paid guy. But the truth is, he's a point, he's a 0.4 war player right now. That's like a one, like a one win above replacement player. Who's who's the highest paid free agent in White Sox history? Um, you know nothing against nothing against Andrew, but this is just these are the types of decisions and dominoes fall. It ends up having us talk and shake our head and you know weep a little tiny tear over this team. It's just and can you imagine 149 of these podcasts? We just keep going. I mean, there was a run in like 2021. Where it's like, hey, in spite of Tony Rusa, this team's sort of fun to talk about. And boy, that seems, Crystal, that seems like it was like 15 years ago. What happened yeah, to us? It hasn't been fun in, in uh, a while. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think I'd be 72 years old in 2023, but oh boy, 
sometimes you feel it. Uh, let's take a break. Again, this is going to be a shorter podcast, and I don't want to cut anybody off. So what was that? Well, that was me. I was just going to say, and I, I was kind of looking today. And I mean, we think right in the central, it's going to at least take like they're, it's going to have to be at least 82 wins to get the central, don't you think? <laughs> and then if that's the case, the Sox have to play 16 games over 500 from here on out. Like there's nothing about this team that has shown us that they can play 16 games above 500 for what's left. So unless, yeah, unless it it takes 75 wins to to get the central division, mm-hmm. I, I just I just don't I don't see it. I don't see it. See, this is how you can tell Melissa is a vet here and she is carrying a big workload here because she can just take the host's sunny comment of like, hey, man, they might be in the playoffs and just say, what What are you? Ta- you're an idiot. What are you talking about? So good point. Yes. 16. You said 16 games uh, better than 500 to get to 82 wins. Yep. I mean, I'm not a math guy. Holy Christ. Well, OK. Well, all right. Forget what I said, because they happened, especially with West Coast trip coming up. Uh, I don't know. We probably won't preview that, but we will probably get a little bit more negative. But maybe first with some site news after the break. Hang with us. It's a shorter podcast. Go figure. Sorry, can't circle the block. You're just going to have to, like, go home when this is done. Sorry. <laughs> Got to go back to your life. Uh, anyhow, we'll be back in a minute. Buy some stuff from Fans for a Sport Network. They, they want to sell you some stuff. Please do. White Sox fans, it is podcast, believe it or not, number 149. Are we going to have 150 like podcast celebration? Well, probably not. What's there to celebrate? It'll be like in the middle of a West Coast trip. It will probably not be great. I mean, the Dodgers are not in first place, which is weird, uh, but they're not bad. So I expect, um, you know, I expect a beat down this week. And then Seattle, they're just ready to get hot. Oh, boy. It could be tough. It could be. I mean, as great as this June has started, and it really has. This is better than we thought. I mean, let's be honest. Way better than we thought. Uh, is is the latter three quarters of the month going to go as well? Eesh. Not until the White Sox arrive in Oakland. And even then, apparently Oakland's, Oakland's got the White Sox on their sights. They're like, we hot. <laughs> Watch out, White Sox. All right, before we get to, oh, I don't know, more negative stuff or making fun of the White Sox or whatever, which, let's face it, that's why you're tuning in. There's no way you're listening to a White Sox podcast without listening for criticism, laughter, derision. And that's not just about us, to each other, because we're the clowns sitting talking about the White Sox on the podcast. Hey, you're listening to, gotcha. Uh, all right, let's 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 get into some news. Uh, first off, uh, Melissa has taken the reins oh my god a much dry if, if if the end of the first half of this podcast didn't tell you this a much stronger person than, than i am has taken on and re-energized our south side socks facebook site i did that for a stretch i did that with south side hip pen as well i mean it's not like i've never done it but it's been dormant for a long time because face it i'm willing to just let the old facebook just wither and die. Sorry, Facebook devotees. But Melissa said, hey, you know what? I'm familiar with it. I'm okay with it. I can do it. The effort's been phenomenal. We've seen a little bit of uptick in interest on the actual site based on that. Maybe we'll be welcoming, maybe some people listening now, welcoming in or welcoming back to Southside Sox. So, hey, of course, you're welcome. If you get to us through Facebook, that's awesome. Uh, Melissa, a little bit of thoughts on that? Or, uh, you know, again, first of all, thank you. Yeah, no, it, yeah. I mean, Facebook is is definitely its own social media monster. Um, but yeah, I, I was one of the early Facebookers from a, a previous career, one that was not nearly as fun as this one. Um, and it's just been fun kind of tapping, tapping into a different part of Southside Sox fandom and interacting with um, our fans on the book. And um, it's, yeah, people have been um, really pretty positive and um, like have engaged in our posts. And so I really do. I hope we um, keep building that up and get some people to um, read the awesome things that we're putting out there because we do have such an awesome, diverse bunch of writers. And so I, I'm, I'm excited about it and it, it's fun and I enjoy it. And so, yeah. Okay. Warning to fit. I mean, leave it to me 
to take all the new people who are probably listening for the first time in years. They're like 150 podcasts. What? I left off when it was one or when it was number 35 from a different regime. Uh, okay, so leave it to me to issue a warning and perhaps say hello and goodbye very quickly to some of those new people. But listen, I tell you, Facebook warning, if you throw another election, we are going to sever our relationship with you, Facebook. Be cool. Let's not do that. Let's just try to stay on the up and up. Melissa is trying to, she is trying to toe the load here. She's trying to be good. Positive energy. Exactly. We'll yep. keep the positive vibes out there. We're not going to get too picky about stuff. We're going to try to accent the good comments and maybe ignore some of the ones that are not so good. Yes. But just, you know, you're, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on you, Facebook. I'm keeping an eye on you. Uh, okay, a little bit of other news. I'm not even sure if this is necessarily ready to be unwrapped per se, but we also have a whole other social media effort being made, Melissa, that is uh, somehow within the Sage and Bullback family. Um, is there anything to report there? Yeah, we will very soon be promoting our new TikTok channel. Um, and I am not a TikToker, but uh, thankfully I have a 17-year-old who knows all the ropes about TikTok. And so he's like my little social media, Southside Socks, uh, social media intern. And um, we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be creating some videos. We're going to be promoting our stuff. We're going to hopefully um, some of our writers, when they go to games, whether it's at um, Guaranteed Raid or on the road, um, take our TikTok with them and, and post some videos. So I, that I'm really excited about because I don't know a lot about it and I love to learn new things. Mm -hmm. And especially when I can like do it with my kid who mm -hmm. is like, the coolest kid ever. Um, it was like, yeah, mom, we'll, we'll learn it together. So yeah, I can't wait um, to do that. And just kind of the little bit that Sage and I were looking around um, for the fan sites, like we have, they're like, we can have some real potential here to make it cool. Um, like a niche, I think that hasn't been really tapped into. So, um, that's exciting. It won't be the first time. I'm going over Crystal's head here and just saying, I'm already going to suggest some content to you. I believe you got to tap into some of that uh, Willow O'Keefe content. I think you definitely got to do that. Oh yeah, we we need we we need. I dogs. mean, like the chewing the sweatshirt. I mean, come on, that's, that's like a no brainer. Exactly. Yes, because who doesn't love fun animal videos? So I know we've got some of our writers have cats. <laughs> we do. So we're gonna get some cool cat stuff, yes, um, do. dog and puppy stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, you're, it's, it's going to be must-see TikTok. Like, mm -hmm. not going to want to miss. Mm -hmm. BB Serrano, got to get active. Uh, yeah, I, I forget. Jordan, right? Jordan, she has just oh yeah, this cat. yeah, yeah. yeah. So. There's, 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 yeah, there's much. So, uh, okay, now, uh, Krista, I also need to ask a visiting dugout. Of course, six thousand podcasts already. I think she's already um, previewed like September series already. It's, it's awesome. Um, but I just do need to know, are you going to have another guest who is not named, and I love him, who's not named Tommy Barbie? Because Tommy is like, he is like, he's practically your co-host now. Uh, he he was great. Uh, no, this this series, we have AJ Gonzalez, who oh, writes for yeah. Dodger Blue. He is a wonderful, wonderful human. Um, and it was a really great episode. We also kind of started adding in really silly Twitter questions. Uh, one was like, why is... Mookie Betts so great and when will you trade for Tim Anderson and can your owners buy the White Sox <laughs> um, so that was fun we did it was a little fun uh, Twitter question so I think I'm going to incorporate that a little bit more but yeah he's very knowledgeable he's really great and we talked a little bit about a really special moment that you'll obviously have to listen um, and I did link the video in it as well uh, with Vin Scully because we love Ben, we respect right. Ben. Um, so yeah, there was we talked about that, and then we just kind of broke down the series, and it was a lot of fun. So it'll be a good one. Crystal going nationwide. It's not to say that podcast one or five or seven was like with nobody's. Everybody's a big body, but come on, we're she's just dialing it up, dialing it up. I yeah, up. I've got some really good people coming on. I've got Brandon Warren coming on pretty soon. Come on. He's great. Just, you know, a lot of good people. <sighs> Love to hear it. Uh, also, okay, uh, additional podcast news because we just can't do enough podcasts. We are going to start in some form, I think. You know, I, I'll, I'll tease it. It's not happening yet. But we are probably going to try to throw out like um, – Day in History podcast. We're probably going to just throw out. We did this. I did this, I guess. Uh, Mark Lipek 
didn't a little um, technologically averse. Uh, but uh, we did it at Sports Illustrated with Southside Hip Pen in uh, 2020. Um, sometimes it'd be like a slideshow. We're not gonna do that. But sometimes it's just me, like an idiot, turning the camera on, saying, "Hey, here's what here's what happened on this day. Here's a here's a crazy story. Here's a funny story from history. Um, if that turns out to be something folks like to listen to for like five or ten minutes, it's obviously not going to be some big thing. Me and Mark may also do some podcast. We'll call it the Dish because you know it's a day in Sox history. You know, it's an acronym thing. Um, uh, and you know, we'll probably do some where we talk. Maybe we're trying to loop in some special guests. You know, from history. You know, Mark's got a, a pretty thick Rolodex. Um, I have a Rolodex. So, you know, between us, we may, you know, be able to bring in some other people or in the case of like Darren Black was at the uh, four home runs in a row game. Uh, Crystal certainly has been in his, his, at historic games. Uh, Melissa historic games. Uh, myself, I've been to a few. So, you know, that that will help too, to maybe pull in some people, uh, talk a little history. Uh, that's something we've really never done. We've never done at all on the podcast. I mean, of course, we've talked about games we've been to we do that a lot because let's face it, we don't want to talk about the present day White Sox, sort of like ever. Um, but I mean, to have something actually devoted to it, I know right off the top when we were putting together the Fans First Sports Network, those were some of the things that were mentioned as being popular for people to listen to, especially if it isn't necessarily going to be a big uh, commitment. You know, I mean, five, 10 minutes of history. Come on, it'll be fun. Better than hearing about like what happened yesterday in baseball because it's going to be miserable. You're going to have heartache. You're going to have heartburn. You don't want to show up at work with like a stomach ache. I mean, just thinking about the game the night before already does that. You don't want to listen to more to reinforce that. We want to keep you healthy. We want to keep you alive so you can listen to more uh, Sox Populi podcast, right? See, nefarious, nefarious reasoning there from Brett Ballantini. I admit it. I admit it. So that is something we probably might targeting maybe roughly like a job. I want to try to like build these up a little bit or, you know, get some in the can. Like, again, I got to catch up with Crystal. She's got like 16 in the can. Uh, I got to build a few up. So maybe July 1st might be a target. We'll see. If it doesn't happen, don't look up this podcast and yell at me, please. I get yelled at enough. Uh, and speaking of getting yelled at, let's talk about, <laughs> about the flip side of the Chicago White Sox. If we haven't alluded to it enough yet, uh, they're not good. There's a lot of things to be concerned about. It seems like every game there's something to be concerned about. Even the players who might be doing well, well, we don't like who they are. Or a guy who we like, uh, who he is, oh, wow, He maybe he should be demoted. It's just, it's been a, a, a mess. This whole season, um, and the team as it is, even with this positive stretch in June, is not, if my math is correct, boy, I hate nines and eights, nine games worse than 500. That's not good. There's no way to slice and dice that into being good. Uh, so I then throw it out to my uh, illustrious and hardworking co-hosts on this podcast. Give me something. I'm saying biggest, but if you just want to list like 50, I'm going to fall asleep and, and don't fall asleep driving listening to this, please. But uh, you list as many as you want. But how about a biggest concern at this point about this White Sox team? <laughs> There's a long list. I don't know where to even begin with this team. Um, right now, my biggest concerns are um, how quickly Lance Lynn turned into Dallas Keuchel, Tim Anderson altogether. Um, Andrew Vaughn has been awful, and Andrew Benatendi has been awful. Like, there's there's nothing there's nothing good there. And then Jake Berger is not great on the road. So that's my like top five biggest concerns right now. Yeah. You know, when you first heard, oh, you know, well, he's, you know, oh, he's doing a Dallas Keuchel. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'll admit, and, and I know you feel differently, Crystal. I've never been like super hyped about Lance. That first year, I mean, he was nailed. So, I mean, I'm not criticized that. Yeah. I was never so, so jacked about having him. Great guy to have for sure. But, you know, it wasn't like, oh my God, he's my favorite player. Or man, he's been winning Cy Young. Um, but I, ne- I never thought, I mean, of course, I never thought this, but even initially when it's like, oh, well, phew, is he going to beat Dallas? I'm like, come on, what are you talking about? He's not Dallas Keuchel. He's not going to fall off a cliff and you know, like five starts later, yeah, he's sort of falling off a cliff. So yeah, yeah that's a big concern. I, I'm a, like, I'm fine. I was fine with Lance. I was kind of mad about the trade because you got rid of like a very young, promising Dane Dunning for a rental. That's what he was. He was a rental. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I, I mean, I wasn't hyped about that, but I grew to really enjoy him. And now I'm just dreading his starts. Like there are only two pitchers at this point that I care to watch. And, you know, I usually don't get those games. So. <laughs> <laughs> we got to just jump the schedule so we can sink you. We can actually, I, you know, the folks who do like, 33% of the work or whatever at this age should probably actually be able to say, you know what? No, forget. It. I'm not doing this one. I'm picking that one because you got to be rewarded for something. This is too much pain. Please give me Giolito or go back, please. <laughs> That's me. So tired of the other ones. Right. Pointed out so nicely. I'm like in the cellar. I think the only person worse than me is Ryan. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's been rough for both of you and Crystal, you're not wrong to be upset. I mean, we went back and forth. I initially was horrified by, the trade and then just in a little chatter on site probably within staff i was like okay i can i can at least feel neutral about this because i totally get it you're, you're 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 going for it it's not a huge expenditure i mean this is a guy who's been there fine and you don't know about dane dunny but you're not wrong to think this was a rental because something lee allen did for us i mean he researched all the guys who would i don't remember what exactly all the conditions were but i think it was guys who who were brought in in this type of circumstance like a you know, uh, um, a trade deadline, pennant push type of situation, and how often they stayed with the team. They signed an extension with the team. And the answer was like, I think literally none. It was like zero out of 50. It was a very small percentage. So the idea that this was like, yeah, this is this is 2021 and nothing else mm-hmm. um, was not wrong. And and to think, oh, you know, I mean, okay, Dane, you know, Dane Dunning, super cool guy, super good guy, promising, seemingly promising career but i mean okay let's not let's not get bunchy underwear over a guy who really hasn't done my his career is just beginning uh but you're not wrong to feel a little edgy about that because you know for all intents lance should have been lance should have been gone it was he definitely cut against the grain that he stayed with the white Sox, and of course we sort of wish maybe he didn't cut against the grain but come on lance we do believe in you we you know come on cut it out and then i mean the idea that lucas also might just you know be gone by july because i know they're not going to give him his money they were already awful about it in the off season just getting him to where he wanted to be paid the proper amount and even that was just kind of a shit show so i don't feel great knowing that michael kopek is the only hope come august yeah and and by that time he he i mean he really could I mean, and, and no, no diss on him. He could really be flagging because he has not done this before. The fact that he has taken the ball the way he has so far, even to this point in the season, I know we're just a couple months, a couple months plus in, is something that he hasn't even needed a, a break yet because this is a big adjustment. And he he didn't make it last year. Yeah. Um, and he is on his way to making it this year. So, but yeah, then he's going to be standing alone. And, you know, I mean, I knew he was great. I've defended him since day one. Like, I know he's great, but yeah, he... He hasn't done, he hasn't played a full season. He hasn't made it to 180 innings. And that's obviously concerning because I'm sitting here watching it go down with Chris Sale now with the constant and injuries, you know, he's, he's on the aisle right now. So it's just, yeah, doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. Chris Sale could be done. I mean, and that's, that's terrible because this is a guy who, who absolutely should have been a hall of famer. And now he, at this point, he has definitely stopped short of that. And he may, he may not be able to get there even if he can come back. Uh, which is just stunning to me because I thought he was um, a surefire. Okay, we're going to table a little Lucas uh, for a moment from now. I want to give Melissa a chance to jump in and depress us all with more things that are really bumming her about uh, about this team. So my mine is like the so Crystal like whittled it down to like the individuals and for me it's just the offense as a whole. Yeah. Like when you look at us, our offense and the production. I mean, we have. My notes here, we have like the worst OBP in all of baseball, the worst, because we don't walk. And so we don't have people on base so that when we get the double or we get the home run, we're not bringing anybody in because there's nobody on base. And so we can have the most awesome pitching in the world. But if we don't have any runs, and I think we saw that this weekend, it was very much demonstrated that, you know, a one run lead or a four run lead is not even safe. Like we need to score runs and we need to be more patient at the plate. And so like, I don't know, is there some guru out there that we can like teach these guys? I I don't know. How do you get so many guys on the same team that 
swing at everything and have no plate discipline. And I thought Pedro was supposed to help with the plate discipline and the wonderful people from the Royals that he brought with them, which head scratch, were supposed to with the plate discipline. Like, so I feel really, really hopeless about that. I mean, to be like the worst. Yeah, the A's are in that list. Right. The A's right. are on that list. It's not like right. it's no, everybody but the A's. Is worse than the A's. Yeah. And the Royals are on that list. Not everybody but the Royals. Um, and we don't even have Frank Manichino to like kick around or like, oh, he said they should hit singles and out or who the fuck a home run. Yeah, okay. Well, that was that was valid criticism, and we all, you know, got really agitated about that. But okay, about this year. I'm guessing nobody said don't hit home runs. Well, they ain't hit home runs. This team. I will I'll further that. I'll I'll throw mine in and I'll I'll play off of I guess what both of you have said. And and I think something that's um, particularly well, a couple of things are particularly gutting is that nothing has, we have no pleasant surprises on this team. I mean, a rookie, a, a Romy, you know, stepping up after maybe like a year off and like, you know, maybe stepping up and maybe putting together a season that's like better than Andrew Benintendi's, which is sort of damning with some real praise, but okay. Um, it's cool. But I mean, all right, you, 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 I don't want to say you might expect that because that's sort of getting to my second point. But the fact that nothing's paid off, Benintendi hasn't come in even at a, a low uh, pay grade this first this first like uh, get acquainted year. You know, he's getting paid like eight million. Um, not not paying off that contract even this year. And Lord knows next year when he's expected to be like a three four WAR player. Well, that how, how did that happen? I don't know where you scrape that up. I mean, it's possible, but how are you going to scrape that up? Uh, guys like um, you know Luis, as hot as cold as hot and cold as he's been. I just, you know, you still wonder, is he going to be able to stay on the field? Is he going to stay out of the banners of doghouse? Your best player, and he's the one guy who's been closest to being put in a doghouse, it seems, by Pedro. I do not understand that whatsoever because he's the one guy who probably is, well, I won't say never, but not going anywhere. He's one guy who I think is safe. Um, so you're going to have to sort of, sort of learn to read him and deal with the fact he just wants to play. He's not maybe going to always say, you know, when he's a little banged up because he wants to play. He knows. He hears the criticism. He's played like in 60% of his games or whatever. You know, I wouldn't play. I don't blame the guy for wanting to get out there even if he's banged up. But nobody. Andrew Vaughn. Um, I guess RBI machine relative to this team. Um, clutch. Uh, does well with runner scoring position. That's undeniable so far this season. You know, two months, sample size, whatever. But seemingly can't field first base. And boy, weren't we waiting for him to finally play first base. He was going to offset the loss of Jose. And, you know, forget about what Jose is doing now. Okay, what he was doing last year is not what Andrew's doing this year. And we were told, well, that was going to be seamless. <laughs> this is going to be no production loss. Andrew, the younger guy, is playing first he base was, now. He was the Golden Spike winner for first base. It was so good. Yeah. You know, uh, Yasmani, it took him like a four hit day or whatever to even get like to, to 260. I know who cares about batting average, but I mean, he's not really getting on base. Um, I don't think his catching is anything to scream about. Well, there's something to scream about, not scream in a good way, like hooray, Yaz. Uh, the fact that just nothing, there's been nothing that happened this this year, this offseason, or in even these 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 preceding seasons that's built into 2023, like, wow, oh my gosh, this has really exploded in a great way. Um, I wasn't even sure about it. Like Lance Lynn having a young gear would be would qualify, or particularly a younger guy. Uh, there's just nothing, uh, there, there's no wind underneath, you know, this team to say like, okay, I, I can see how something's pushing in a good way. I'm sorry, Romy isn't enough, you know, uh, for that. And to take it a step further, Darren Black has is, 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 is told me on the Farm Podcast, you know, listen, they went all in. This is how they drafted because they knew this was their contention window. So they were, they were drafting guys. They were trying to uh, uh, get guys in the system who could matriculate uh, quickly and contribute to this window. And we can laugh about the window or whatever, how broken it is. But, okay, I get it. But it's not an all or nothing thing. They don't have like three draft picks. The idea that they're right now is literally nothing at Charlotte. There is, by and large, nothing at Birmingham and this could be starting pitch. This is now even hitters. There's some great talent or some, some great season being put together at high a for sure. DJ Gladney needs to be up in Birmingham. Wilford Veras should be up in Birmingham. There's some guys who are putting things together. Um, Jacob Burke is, seems like he's ready to charge up to at least high a. So there is talent. It's just not in any place where the white Sox can be helped right now. And I know that a rookie coming from Charlotte or, or being hot like Lenin last year in in uh, in Birmingham, jumping you know to the to majors. I know that's not going to rescue the White Sox and turn nine games around. 
but you need a few more pieces to contribute to wins to have hope of even erasing as little as a four and a half game deficit. The White Sox, no diss on the system. I want to champion these guys, and I think we do. Any of us who cover the minors sort of want to root for these guys. The cupboard is bare, and some of it's bad breaks. Davis Martin hurt. Sean Burke was hurt, struggling a little bit. Um, Lenin Sosa seems to be a, uh, MVP at Charlotte and he comes up to the White Sox and is not, um, there's still stuff that can, you know, come and surprise us, but this is nothing. I mean, the, it's telling that the White Sox, uh, are bringing in like four, a veteran outfielders. Now Clint Frazier's up with the team. These guys who I want to say retreads, but they've certainly had their trials and in, in other systems are now with the White Sox expected to contribute. And at Charlotte, they're like the entire outfield. Um, that's sad. And I don't care how you strategized your, your draft choices. The fact that they're nothing at the two highest levels of your system is just absolutely pathetic. And it's not going to help. Uh, it's not going to help strengthen the team when needed, when, a, when an injury happens, you know, uh, <laughs> um, when a player might get traded. So segue, <laughs> Lucas Giolito is <laughs> time is ticking. Because much when we talk about Tim Anderson being like, hey, it's just the right fit with the Dodgers, or, you know, he's got the right, you know, sense of pizzazz to really wow in, in LA. And he's a legit, he's clearly, I would think, at age, what is he, 29? I mean, he's not, he's not old, 29 or something. He's not old. Um, you know, still has a, potentially a lot of career left in him. This is not what he's shown us in 2023 is not Tim Anderson. Okay. Unlike Jose, who's a much older player, maybe, maybe he finally has. The window, the, the wall that we predicted he'd hit for like years in Chicago, maybe he has hit it in Houston. Couldn't happen to a better franchise. But, uh, you know, Tim, I, I, you're selling low. <laughs> you're selling Tim low because his price is right, but his production is not. Lucas Giolito is the one guy who is tradable, who's likely traded, and who could actually bring in um, something big. Uh, do you, do you both agree with that? And how's that making you feel? Because it's definitely not going to help this push to shrink four and a half games to first place without Lucas Giolito, who is like the one, you know, Kopech aside, who doesn't necessarily have the stamina built up. Uh, the one guy who's going to be pitching, um, you know, to the end of uh, September. Yeah. I, I, if you, if you, so he has been our our non-ace ace, right? I mean, he didn't start the season as the ace, but he's been pitching like the ace. So so if you are four and a half games back and you trade your arguably who's been your best pitcher, yeah, you're, I mean, it's, it's my opinion, it's the white flag. I mean, you're saying you're giving up on this season. Now, should, should we do that or not? Like, I, I just go back and forth because four and a half games is nothing. But then again, like Brett, you said earlier, then it gives this regime a win to be like, whoa, we won the central and we won the first round of playoffs again. Like, is that anything to really cheer about when you got there maybe with 78 wins um, and you get your pants, the pants beat off of you? Whereas we, we could trade, trade Lucas and get something because the good teams out there really need good pitching. So maybe we get some return on that, but then when is that going to help us? When is the, the, we put somebody else, now we have more people in high A or, you know, in Birmingham or something. We're Now we're years and years out again. So yeah. I, it's just, the whole thing is just miserable. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Crystal, we already know you're feeling miserable because he's one of the two people you actually want to cover on the White yeah. Sox. You won't be able to cover him much longer. No. And as, as much as I love him, I am all for just completely blowing everything up and just trying <laughs> the Tommy Harvey principle. Yes. Try again in a couple years. Willow agrees. Um, yeah. Just blow it all up. Yeah. Try right, you got, apparently, apparently Chris, you got to feed her another sweatshirt. So, you know, um, here's the crazy thing, uh, M- Melissa, I will, I will um, let you know, I, you're probably aware of this, but in case you're not other organizations have ready pictures like i'm going to just throw out houston but um and you know we hate them but whatever um who like have pitchers who are like stuck in triple a who like could come from triple a in a trade for lucas and it wouldn't necessarily be of course it'd be a setback because i'm guessing a triple a guy no matter what how you know how how great 
uh, he is and ready to pitch, isn't going to just slot in and be as good as Lucas Giolito has been this year. But it isn't necessarily that we're going to have to say, all right, give us a haul of your, you know, four of your 10 best single A prospects. It is possible. I don't know if Han can do this, which is the scary part of our Lucas Giolito trade. But to get a guy who is maybe a little more ready and doesn't necessarily compromise the so-called window, doesn't necessarily compromise this four and a half game deficit because it's a guy who could immediately slot in uh, to the rotation. White Sox have made these trades in the past. Um, I'm not enough of a historian to be able to cite one immediately, but it, it is possible. It can happen. Guys who are just sitting as a six and seven in a legit, the Tampa Bay Rays could probably trade us their 10th starter prospect and he'd be like our number two rotation right now so it is possible depending on who you 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 fit a deal with where it isn't necessarily the step back we we fear it is and the truth is knowing i mean knowing haha you know lucas will end up fooling us right um you know rick give us a clue but um and i mean rick giolito not rick Hahn. um uh, about what the future holds, but I don't think there's any love lost between Lucas and the front office. I think he probably doesn't necessarily dream of pitching his entire career in Chicago. He is not from here. He's from a place where they actually spend money on players. Several teams out there do. So I'm guessing one of them is going to find a spot for Lucas and Lucas is going to say, holy cow, nine figures. Why? Why? Boy, howdy. Yes, I will. I will become an angel or a padre. Do, do we trust, do we trust the do we trust yeah, I know. no we don't thing. so do I we keep know. Lucas and and plow through it and at least well then we we know how it went with Rodon we won't make the qualifying offer and we won't even get a okay. drive either All so. right. yeah okay here's the final question because as I promised like a 12 minute podcast now we are chronically uh, unable to do that I could be talking to myself to all of you lovely lovely listeners and I still would have found myself talking for 45 minutes so whenever I say this in the future know that I'm just clowning you it's still going to be a long podcast because we just got to talk about the White Sox and it's painful and this is therapy for us so thank you for listening uh you know send your bill in care of Vox LLC in Washington DC uh but um okay uh I I completely lost my train of thought because you know, when you tell jokes, sometimes you lose your train qualifying of thought. Offer. What's that? The qualifying offer. Oh yes. Here's the thing. This is really the question. So here's our final speed round. And that is, do we trust the, let's call it, I don't know if this is exactly true, the 45th pick in the draft, which will be the qualifying offer, which Lucas will clearly reject because he's going to get it Not like Rodon where well, he ended up getting what a, a two-year deal, which was sort of wasn't even a two-year deal. It's basically a one-year deal. Okay. He's going he's gonna to get an offer, so he will leave. So do you hold him for a, for a 45th pick in the draft, or do we think Rick Hahn could trade him for something better than what would be the 45th pick in the draft? Melissa, what do you think? Do you think that Rick Hahn is so bad at this, and he hasn't proven to be that bad? He's terrible with free agents. He's been okay with trades, especially trading assets maybe at their height. Don't know if that's going to continue into 2023, but do you trust him to make a deal that gets us more than, say, the 45th pick in the draft? No. <laughs> no. no. I want to say that's like mathematically impossible, but yet you say no, and I have a feeling Crystal may say the same thing. I don't trust a single thing that man does. <laughs> wow. Like said, tank, just just tank the rest of the season. I have somehow back it is clearly the 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 road the road lag of the day for me because I have backed myself in the position to be the Rick Hahn defender on this podcast. And this oh is Oh my god. I guarantee you I never thought I could fit into that pair of shoes, but guess what? I actually think that Rick Hahn can do better than the 45th pick in the 2024 draft. Um <laughs> Go ahead, roast me on that in like six months. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, and I, you know what? I'll say only because he is. He is. If he was, who's another player that might count? I mean, if it was redacted or a guy who's maybe more, uh, maybe Liam, bless him, with maybe some of the his health questions right now, a, a Graveman maybe who's like okay, like sort of average. And I would absolutely not trust. Han to do anything with that asset because maybe it's not that much of an asset at the top of the market. I'll trust him to stumble into some only because I think 
the teams will do the work for him. We'll have three, four teams, you'd think, making offers. And I would hope any of them would be better than that that um, supplemental pick. Um, if not, he could actually maybe lean on someone like his his successor, whoever it is, um, to say, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And I don't mean Chris Katz because Chris should be like in Birmingham talking to some players. He shouldn't be like making trades for the White Sox. But I don't know, Ken Williams or – I don't know, a, a friend outside the organization. Lord knows he better he better depend on somebody instead of his own intuition. But I do trust he could stumble into that, I, and which puts me in the weirdest position I felt in, in months on these podcasts. So, you know, uh, it's thank getting you. really late. I got to bounce. Um, it was really nice talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I if that, respect. that doesn't kill, yes, if that doesn't kill the podcast, uh, uh, nothing will. So that, yeah, that needs to be the title of this podcast. Brett defends Rick Hahn. All right, all I, you say, and we're going to get the most clicks. We've that's good. Okay, so I, that is the title. It was titleless coming in, and now it is. Yes, uh, Brett and Rick Hahn, peas in a pod. You know, we once were. He he actually was a really sweet guy to me, and and I didn't even work with him a ton. Not not as much as Ken Williams at the time when I was covering the team more hardcore, and he really came. He went out of his way to be real sweet. So yeah, yeah, we're we're best buds. We're we're BFFs from way back before the term was even uh, invented or in vogue. Uh, okay, yeah, all right. Well, we got a title. So as long as you got a title, that means we can stop, right? So next time, let's get a title like in the first five minutes, so we can like stop before the break. See, we got to strategize these things. I'm a really, really poor host. Crystal, please help me. Uh, okay, Crystal, thank you for taking your time because yeah, boy, you got nothing else to do. You know yeah. her from Picture List. You know her from uh, Visiting Dugout. You know her from, I don't know, like all these podcasts. Uh, keep tuning into her because she's awesome. And, you know, by the way, you'll just like stumble into her writing because she's writing pretty much every night at Southside Sox. And ditto, Melissa Sage, pretty much the same situation. And now um, TikToking or TikToking um, by proxy uh, and uh, Facebooking. Say hi to Melissa. Uh, and be nice on Facebook, please. Uh, well, thanks both of you for taking time out to speak with me for far longer than I promised. So be more careful next time you decide to do this with me because I just keep you all night. Okay, we've got a title. Uh, all of you, thanks for listening, sticking with us, and listening to our thoughts on this very challenging Chicago White Sox team. Here's the thing, guaranteed, number 50 is just around, 150 is just around the corner, so we'll probably talk longer than you want to hear us talk about this team, again, sooner than you're ready for us to talk about it. That's the promise I make every time and it just holds true. So until next time, uh, see you around.